Look at people like Ron Halbert. Did he become a leader from when he was a sales developer? Just all of a sudden become a leader and say, okay, Ron, let's start from scratch. Let's start learning leadership. No, he was building processes, creating systems, leading people, developing relationships. When you want to get promoted as a leader over your team, you know how you do that? You have your team say, I want to work for him or her. She's the best. That's who I want to work for because she helps me. That's what you want. Welcome to the Sales Prescription Podcast with Ron Halbert and Rusty Jensen. You know, there's all kinds of problems that can prevent you from being successful personally and professionally. And we are here to write you some highly effective and broad spectrum sales prescriptions. And all you have to do is fill them. So today is a fantastic topic, one that I love to talk about, which is how do I get promoted? And as a sales leader, and over the last 10 years, in terms of having conversations with employees, the recurring conversations, I would say that having a conversation about career progression, development, it's constant. It's constantly recurring. Not only that, I mean, it starts from the interview process. And we all want to know, what are your career ambitions? What do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish? And organizations that are highly effective, that really take off, that really have a lot of success, are organizations that know how to help people to progress their careers and to get promoted. But the question is, is how do you get promoted? So if you are a sales developer, a sales rep, if you are even a frontline sales leader and you want to progress and grow in your career, it's how do you get promoted? Over the last several years between us, we promoted literally hundreds of people. Oh yeah. Wrong. It's, it's been a ton. And so when you look at that situation, it's easy to kind of give advice and help people know, because we know what the inside track looks like because we've helped people progress and we love it. It's just a passion for, I know, for both of us. Love helping people to grow. So Ron, when you're having conversations with people, people come to you and say, hey, Ron, I want to get promoted. What do I need to do? You know, talk to me about that talk track. What are are some of the conversations you have with people and what what comes up? What do you say? So first and foremost, I will say this, Rusty, this is a cultural thing. It's, It's something that's fairly new in the last, I don't know, 50, 60, 100 years. My great grandpa was a coal miner. And he never thought of anything other than being a coal miner. Hmm. That's all he wanted to do. And he was a coal miner until he got black lung and passed away. And he was a coal miner for 30 years, right? That's literally his entire career was one thing. We do not live in a culture where people are okay in one position for 30 years. Right. Right. It's it's different now than it was back then. And if you don't realize that as an employer or as an organization, then you're sorely mistaken. There needs to be career progression. There needs to be a career path. People want to see where can I go in this company if I do an amazing job for you, right? I want to know where I'm going to end up. I want to know that there's progression out there that it's possible to achieve, right? And there's two primary things that I tell people when they ask me about career progression, they talk about, I want to get promoted. And and what's funny is it's even super common in interviews today. They're thinking about that before they even have the job, right? And that's the right thing. You should be considering it before you get the job. But there's two big things. First of all, you can't suck at your job. Okay. You need to be good at the job you're in, right? If you're not good at your current job, if you're not in the top 10, 15% of performers on your team, you really shouldn't be upset that you're not promoted. Right. That's where you need to get to first. You need to become excellent at what you do. I don't necessarily think you need to be the number one rep, right? Yeah, you don't. But 
you do need to do an excellent job. You need to be attaining whatever your quota is. You need to be above that quota. Yeah. Look, look right? introspectively and really just evaluate. Am I top 10 or 15%? If you're not focus there. Yeah. Because focus. if you're not there and you go to your leader and you say, Hey, I'm looking for a promotion, they're going to laugh. Yeah. They're going to say, then perform better. Maybe not to your face, but maybe inside. Yeah, right. <laughs> if they laugh to your face, that's kind of rude. But that's yeah. a little rude. But. but they will be thinking, and I have thought this multiple times. I've had people come to me, hey, I've been here for a year now. When am I going to get promoted? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, you're in the bottom 30% of the team. Right. You have 70% of the org above you that would be promoted before you. Right. Including people that have been here a shorter amount of time than you that are outperforming you. And so... That's the first step is perform, hit your numbers, do what you can to be successful. The second thing is the one that people hate to hear, and that is corporate politics. It's not enough just to be the top performer. You actually have to be noticed as the top performer. Yeah. Right. And and think about it from the hiring manager's perspective, right? If I'm a hiring manager at the next level where you want to go, they're thinking to themselves, I want the best possible candidate. I want them to be super hardworking. I want them to be high performers. I want them to be all of these great things. And if they're looking at the sales floor of potential people that they can promote or any floor for that matter, and they don't see you as those things, even if you are them, if they don't see you as them, then you're not, right? Yeah, and you can't expect that everybody's gonna see everything you do and how you do it. And people can't feel how you feel about what you do. They can't feel the passion you have and they can't see what you're doing unless you share that passion and those results. You have to, you have to make sure that you do it in a tactful way. Yeah. I used to tell people all the time. I still do. Like this was when we were in an office, when we're recording this, it's still hopefully the tail end of COVID, but a lot of people are still working remote. But when we were in the office, I was running some sales development organizations. I used to say, when you get a good opportunity that the AE is excited about, walk over to the AE, give them a high five in their cubicle and be like, dude, great job on that discovery call. And the AE is likely to say, great job team. That went up. That was a great deal, right? Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, if you do that 10 times in a month, the sales leaders are going to notice, hey, Rusty's coming over here several times, high five in different AEs, handing off deals left and right. That is an easy, tactful way to make sure you're noticed as a top performer. Right. And and you don't have to do it in a fake way either. No. You know, when it comes to to building relationships, talking to people, building your personal brand, just genuinely be happy for them. Yeah. Like genuinely be happy for other people. And it's not going to come out as fake. Because that's the other thing people do is they they kind of fake it. They're like, hey. Oh, and I love your beard today, you know, <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Like they just like, Hey, I, you know, they just say things that they did. They're not really sincere about. Look, I mean, just relax, look at other people, see their successes, be excited for them, share that, get out there, get excited yeah. because it's worth it and be genuine. Yeah. It'll come off really well. Now the, one of the other really easy ways that I love is I have this philosophy that I use called waving your banner. You know this philosophy, Rusty. So if you do something really well, if you do something deserving of praise, I like to give that praise publicly as a leader to the rep. Mm -hmm. So I like to say, hey, Rusty, in front of a team meeting that includes, you know, leaders of multiple departments and say, hey, Rusty's been doing an amazing job. He's hit top tier numbers for the last three months straight, 
I'm super impressed with his skills. Because when other leaders hear that waving of the banner, I call it, it means something. It does. And they're like, wow, that's pretty good. I want to I want to keep my eye on him or her because that's legit. They're doing well. That's awesome. Well, and what's interesting about that is as I've gotten into promotion scenarios where I'm trying to get somebody promoted or try to help them do it, or when I've been promoted, it's never been a single threaded conversation. In fact, it's really interesting. Good sales leaders that know how to help their people to get promoted actually are as involved in the conversations and the promotion process as the person who's trying to get promoted. So they'll get with them and say, listen, I've worked with this rep. Here's what's going on. This is what you can expect. Here's the type of performance you're going to see. Here's where they need help. There's all these conversations to help pull people up. You don't grow in organizations unless you get pulled up. Yep. This is one thing that I think sometimes people don't understand. You've been with a company for a year and you're a low performer and you start to go to the hiring manager at the next level that you want to talk to. Do you know what that hiring manager is going to do? The first thing they're going to call your leader and say, tell me about X person. How are they performing? You've put your leader in a very difficult situation because no leader wants to speak ill of their employees. No leader wants to make you look bad. But also, a leader is not going to lie for you. No, he's not. Can't. He or she is not going to say, oh, this is a great performer. They're doing an amazing job if you're bottom lower than, you know, 50 percent. Well, and imagine if they push you through. Let's say they do lie for you yep. and they push you through to the next leader and then you don't perform. You do the same thing that you were doing before or somebody yeah. doesn't perform. What does that do to everybody else that yep. that leader's trying to help get promoted? You can poison the well. Yeah. So don't do yourself the disservice of going to a hiring manager and asking, I want to promote or I want to interview for this position. If you're an underperformer, don't hurt yourself. You know, in most cases, it's going to come to the realization, this guy's not, or gal's not a performer. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're putting yourself in a rough situation. Now there's, there's another aspect to this that I think is important when it comes to the wave your banner philosophy and having leaders that stand out on a ledge for you and do what they can to make sure you're noticed and successful. That's the kind of leader you want to work for. But there's some concerns with another type of leader that we've ran into. Both of us have had, everyone's had experience with these types before, right? And they are leaders that actually shield you from being noticed. They hide you in a corner, as I like to say, right? Yes. And they they do it in two different ways, really. The first way, and, and this one's near and dear to my heart, I've had this happen in my career personally multiple times, is the leader will oftentimes take all of the success that's being had on the team and absorb the credit for it. Mm -hmm. So let's say, yeah, well, it's my leadership that's driven this success. And I came up with these new ideas and these new (laughs) philosophies and all the while they have really hardworking employees that may have come up with some of those great ideas Yes, that may have pushed the team. And I've been in situations like that before where I've felt like, Hey, I'm going above my station and helping my peers and my leader is absorbing the credit here. Right. And that hurts me. And then they do that because they think, you know, if I have the best brand that I possibly can, I can get promoted myself. They try to use it as their own like self-aggrandizement. Yeah. But what they don't realize, and, and I think this is important for leaders to know as well, is you praising your people actually makes you look good as well. That's right. They're still your people. It makes you look better. I agree. Agreed. Better. And 
being able to say, Hey, your team's doing an excellent job and, and turning that around and saying, you know, I have these two reps on my team right now that came up with this magnificent idea that we implemented. We're doing this additional thing and it has, it has yielded what we believe to be about 10% increased production. Yeah. And it was these two reps that came up with the idea and we've just kind of made it a part of the whole team. This is going to make you look good. Mm -hmm. People are going to say, wow, that leader is paying attention to what's being successful on his or her team and they're implementing it and making sure that it's across the board. So that's the first way that these leaders shield their reps, right? They take the credit for themselves. The second way is by actually physically shielding them, right? So they hide their top performers numbers and they don't let them have visibility to other leaders where they could be potentially promoted. And usually this comes from a place of fear. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid for my job. And so I need to hold on to my top reps and make sure that they are always hitting high numbers for me because they're carrying the team right now. That's right. And that comes from bad leadership practices and the inability to properly hire and develop people. You know, sometimes leaders take this mentality where I'm just going to hire the right people. I'll just find the right people. And they go through this, this search and they grab all these people and they don't know how to develop them in such a way where they can turn the raw materials into a high performer. They just try to find that high performer and then they get really scarce. Like I've got to hold on to this person because they have high attrition and they have these issues. And then what they'll do is they will, I mean, dude, I've even seen people, Ron, I've seen leaders talk bad about their top reps, like pointing out their flaws to prevent promotion because they want to hold on and hoard that team. And they don't realize that success builds on success. When people yep. are successful and get promoted, they can get other people. And it's, it's awful. And, and as we do more podcasts, we'll talk about sales leadership. We have a whole series around sales leadership, and we will talk about how to fix all these problems. But if you are a rep, if you're a person who's ambitious and you want to develop in your career, if you have a leader who's doing one of these two things, which is taking all of your credit and using it to self-aggrandize versus help promote everyone, or someone who's trying to block people out and trying to prevent promotion or gets upset when those things happen, you, you need to make a change. Yeah. You don't need to stay in that kind of environment. Yep. If you want to work for high performing organizations, come see us. Yeah. You know, if, if you're that kind of person where like, look, I've got to progress. I want to move in our career. We'll hire you every day. Yeah. I had a friend reach out to me yesterday. Um, actually a friend's son called me and said, Hey Ron, I'm, I'm moving to Salt Lake area. I, I'm, I would love it if you could help me find some interviews and get a job. And immediately through my mind, I thought of multiple really solid leaders that I would want to refer this person to, to go work for. And I also thought of a few, I would counsel him to not go work for. <laughs> right. I would right. say, Hey, I would avoid this company because of this leader at that company. Right. And I know this is going to be a good candidate. So I'm fine putting my name behind them and backing them in this, but it is interesting that you will become noticed as a leader, as a top tier leader or somebody that's not that great. Right. And, and it puts you in a bad spot because success breeds success. You have to think about the culture of your team too, right, Rusty? Because when you promote from within your team, people want to work for you. Absolutely. Like I want to work for this guy or gal. He, he or she is promoting people every day. That's right. You know, and then that's the thing too, as a leader, it's not about you. Yep. It's not about you. It's about your people. It's about them getting where they want to go. Forget about you. Yep. Take care of them. 
So at the at the rep or leader level, Rusty, because I love I love how Rusty thinks, by the way, guys, he's he's got this really sharp and sophisticated way of thinking where he thinks very analytically when you are giving direct advice to a rep and uh-huh. an actual person or a leader. Right. And they're wanting to get promoted. What are the key things you tell them to focus on? What are the key things you tell them to do to get promoted? Right. Cause it's tough to control your leader. Yeah. That's just go quit your job and go find a new one where you're working that, for somebody that's better. That's harder to do. That but, is hard. That, that's a big move. Yeah. But what are you telling them? Hey, we know that you work for a good leader. Now go do these things. You know, the, the first thing I, that I tell people to do is to differentiate. Be different. Be unique. And let, let me say why. So I want to explain that. How do you differentiate? How do you become unique? Well, I'll explain it. I mean, the reality is, is that when it comes to promoting people, we're promoting people that are top 10%. By definition, you're one in 10 right there. And then those that get promoted into leadership positions that become really successful and then become leaders of leaders, they're the top 10% of that group. So now you're one in 100. And if you want to become a one in 100, you're a top 1% person. Think about the the, the top 1% income earner. By the way, I think uh, we're going to get in trouble here. We're going to get canceled. We said politics and 1%. Just yeah, so you know. Scary. So that's scary. But when you're a top 1% income earner or top 1% performer, you're by definition unique. So when you're looking at something to becoming unique, you have to look at things like conventional wisdom, which is how do you get promoted, do good at your job, and stay there a long time. That's the conventional wisdom. That's what normal people would say. Normal people will come into a job and say, look, if I just do my job really well and I'm positive and I'm there a long time, I'll get promoted over time. They feel like they almost have an entitlement toward it. But think about it. You're, by definition, you want to become a one in 100 person. You got to be different. So being one of those people and having promoted and helped many of them like you to get where they are, let me tell you what the difference is. Normal, come into the job, stay there a long time, become top 10%, wait for a promotion. Where's my promotion? When performers come into a job, let me kind of explain this curve. Ron, somebody will come to the job and they'll kind of ramp. So their production's a little low, they'll start ramping. And then once they start really catching fire, they'll start going up in productivity. And then they'll hit a level of acceleration where they become great. And maybe they'll be great for about a year, year and a half. And then they'll peak. And they peak because they stop progressing or growing in the job or they max out the potential of the job. They're doing fantastic. They peak. And then what I see is they actually decline. You always see this productivity. You ramp, you go up, you peak, and then they start to decline over time. And the reason why they decline is because they start getting so good at the job that it's like second nature. I can just do the job, right? And so what they do is they start claiming back time. So they become really efficient at the, t- at the job and they do really well and it creates extra time. And they use that extra time to chill because they've worked so hard. They've earned it. A lot of people will just chill out, work a little few less hours. They'll start reading books like the four hour work week, right? And they'll start trying to do a four hour work week, right? Which, which again, work harder and smarter, yep. right? But they will, they will just kind of stop and they have all this extra time. And what do they do with that time? Well, they relax and become casual. Even the way that they present and interact with customers is more casual versus passionate and engaging. And so that extra time that's being created isn't used the way it needs to. And then what they do is they'll pop up their head every once in a while and say, Hey, there's a job open. Can I have it? 
Well, you work about 25 hours a week, you hit your number, but <laughs> I don't know, right? Yep. They don't have the skills. They don't they haven't developed the skills. Yeah. Now, if I'm a leader, a good one, and by the way, you need to work for good ones. What am I trying to hire for? I'm trying to hire for somebody that has the right attributes. Like I'm not just, I'm not like, you know, show me the line of of tenure and performance and I'll just hire the next one on the top. That's not how it works. The way it works is do you have the attributes and the skills? In order to be promoted. And one of those attributes is always work ethic. Always. So if you're chilling out and you're not developing more skills, now you're going to start to get in trouble. So now now let's talk about this. So what do you do with that extra time? Well, let me tell you, when you create time in your job because you become efficient, use it to build the skills for the next position. Learn what that job is and start studying and learning and doing it. Start figuring it out. If you want to become a leader, start leading your peers. Start figuring out how leadership works. Start taking courses, figure it out. Become good at the job before you go for the job. Develop the skills before you go for the job. You can't just learn everything on the job. You know why? Because that's what normal people do. They say, I'll get promoted and I'll learn the job. No, learn it ahead of time. You're one in a hundred. You're one in 10. You're not normal. How, how would someone turn you down for a promotion in an interview when you walk in and say, hey, I already went and got demo certified. I already went chalk talk certification. I already went through these additional certifications that a normal person wouldn't do until the next level. I've already done those things. Oh, and by the way, I did it while keeping my status as one of the top performers on my team. I right. went out of my way to go get this additional knowledge, this additional information. That's right. And and it, it doesn't mean, and I think people are going to misconstrue this a little bit, Rusty. It doesn't mean you need to work a hundred hours a week, right? It's once you get good at your job, you become really efficient. That's you right. You do free up a little extra time. So you can still work your 40 to 50 hour work week, whatever your traditional work week yeah. is that you do today. And, and that target extra 50 time, yeah. hours, that's, that's a good balance. Yeah. I mean, depending on who you are, some people will disagree with that, but, but yeah, you can, you know, 40, 50, whatever you've decided, you can be successful in your role and hit that number and still free up enough time to go learn the next level ahead of time. You absolutely can. And let me just say, I mean, when I'm working with nice systems, I've been promoted seven times. Every single time was exactly that pattern. When I sat down interview, I said, I know this entire job, one, two, three, four, five. How would you do this? Like this, 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 how would you do that? This, this, this. And, and you just know it. And, and by the way, every time I've worked to promote people, that's exactly what they've done. I mean, I can just, I can tell you story after story. You should, you should look at people like Ron Halbert. Did he become a leader from when he was a sales developer? Just to all of a sudden become a leader and say, okay, Ron, let's start from scratch. Let's start learning leadership. No, he was building processes, creating systems, leading people, developing relationships. When you want to get promoted as a leader over your team, you know how you do that? You have your team say, I want to work for him or her. She's the best. That's who I want to work for because she helps me. That's what you want. And that's, just, that's the kind of thing we've seen with Ron. This is the kind of thing we saw with Chelsea. This is the kind of thing we see with Will Ash. It's, you know, everybody yep. is, like, yeah. is they do that. And they're actually, they're, their peers are saying, I want to work for that person. Now that takes skills. It also takes a great personal brand. It does. And honestly, becoming a leader of your peers is one of the more challenging things you will ever do mm-hmm. from a promotion perspective, because you go from giving advice to your team to actually being their boss. 
somebody that's actually telling them, this is what I need you to go do. And now it's coming from a boss and not just from another team member. And that can sometimes be uncomfortable for the team. But if you've done it the right way, it's not as uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. right? Oftentimes it's kind of interesting. I've had, I've hired a few leaders where I've gotten letters of recommendation from their team members. I want to work for this person. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's going to be an easy transition when they want to work for you. That's right. Overall. Because you have to look at the other side, which is, which is this, which is if my organization. So I've got leaders of leaders. I want to promote a leader. If the people on that team don't like that person, I'm going to cause a huge morale problem. Even if that person has the best attributes and is awesome, you, you can't put them over people who don't like them. Now, of course, there's the, the competitive dynamic that's different, but you have to be able to build great relationships with your peers. We had several people where we'd sit down and be like, hey, you got the skills, you know what you're doing, but we can't promote you here because when you're working with your peers, you're aggressively competitive. And that's one thing you got to watch out for. You're red meat eating, you know, salesperson, you're, you're aggressive, you're out there and you're competitive. And some of the best reps, you know, some of the best guys and, and gals that we've worked with that are just high, high performers that are competitive. Sometimes what happens is you get competitive in a negative way where you're competing against your peers and you're not sharing what you do that makes you successful. And you're trying to like, kind of slide at them. That's a great way to, to never get promoted. Yeah. You want to have health. abundance mentality. You don't yeah, want to yeah. have scarcity mentality, right? Yep. There's plenty of success to be had. There's not a finite amount of success. You can help others achieve that success. And if that's your goal is to become a leader, that's really what you need to do ahead of time is you need to have been helping your peers find success before you were their leader. Yep. Right. And it's just one way that you freed up some extra time becomes because you've become very efficient. And now I'm reaching out to the new hire and saying, Hey, I've figured out a few really cool things here. If you'd like to, I'd love to show you what I've learned and being there for, you know, a mentor or, you know, helping out your peers. It's just, it's, it's an easy way for me to see who has what it's going to take to be a good leader overall. Now, beyond the rep or the person looking for the promotion, there also are leaders listening to this podcast that need to understand something very important. And that is you need to build programs. You need to build certifications where you are making your reps the best candidate for the next position, Mm -hmm. right? So if you don't have a program today that's going to help promote people from within, and usually at most companies, the way that it works is you have a certain number of, of amount of times you have to hit quota, for example. So at the organization I'm at right now, you need to hit quota you know, a, a nine times, nine months, basically not consecutively, but just overall. Mm-hmm. Once you've achieved that, you are now eligible for promotion. It doesn't mean you're going to be promoted. You're eligible for it, right? Once you reach that eligibility, the leaders need to build programs so that the rep can go through that program and learn the next level, right? right. And it's not in this chaotic way where they've just reached out to, you know, the next level and saying, how do you do your job? You know, if, if there's not a program, that's the way you have to do it. That's the way you have to do it. But. but as a leader, you should be building those programs so that when they walk into an interview with that next level hiring manager, they say, I went through this program. 
which taught me these skills, mm-hmm. which make me the best candidate for this position. That's right. And, it, right. and, and that way you can help facilitate when somebody creates time in their job and they're productive. Don't let them get relaxed, right? Yep. Help them actually use that time to learn specific skills. Cause sometimes you don't know what skills you have to learn yeah. sometimes, but if you build that program, it's so awesome. And, and you your build top it. performers will love it. They it, love it. Uh, it's they amazing. They want to use their time for that. Yeah. And you build that program with the leaders, with the hiring managers of right. the next levels. Right. So within our organization, where I'm at right now at Conga, you can go multiple routes, right? You can you can go from sales developer to becoming an account executive. You can go to become, you can go to recruiting. We've had people go into operations. We've had people go into enablement, all kinds of different directions. There needs to be really a program for each one of those places. Yep. And that is our goal now is to build a program for each one of those so that you can tell me, you come to me and say, hey, Ron, I want to be in sales ops. I've realized through this job that I have a passion for Salesforce. I have a passion for using the tools and, and getting deep into the weeds of analytics. Mm-hmm. And I need to build something for them where they can go get certified in Salesforce. They can go get certified in different tools and and different platforms so that when they interview at that next level, they're ready. They can say, hey, I am the right candidate for the job because I've worked here. I've been successful in my role and I've gone out and I've gotten these additional certifications. I've done these additional things to prep myself for the next level. Yeah. And I think probably the last thing that I want to touch on, I think that maybe we can touch on and talk about is as an employee, you know, to be a good leader, you have to be able to be a good soldier. You have to be able to be a good employee. And one of the things I think is really important is, you know, you look at, at this concept of being like a teacher's pet or, you know, your, your butt kiss or whatever. Like people say that, you know, brown nose, whatever they call it. You don't need to do that. All you need to do is just buy in, be all in. You know, the, one of the things I love to talk about phrases is you're all in or you're in the way. And leaders really need people who will line up, follow them, support them and help them. It doesn't have to be like a lonely position where you're just dictating to people. People need to work together and collaborate and work to accomplish a goal. And as an employee, you've got to be able to get behind your leader, show a high degree of loyalty, support the plan, support the vision, participate in the conversations and really get behind them and help facilitate it genuinely. Not fake and I'm going to be friends with you because you're my leader. No, get with your leader and help them be successful. Back them up, show loyalty, help them to achieve their vision. And when you do that, you're going to endear yourself to them and they're going to help you. Because again, you're not going to get promoted unless you get pulled up. And politics is all about just genuine. If you're leading people, genuinely care about them. If you want them to feel like you care. If you're following someone, genuinely follow them and support their vision. If you want them to think that you do. Be real and work together and collaborate. And if you do that, you'll, you'll find that leaders will, will endear themselves to you and try to help you. And then when they work to help you and they help promote you, that's, that's going to be where you need to be because you need people that can love on you. And yeah. I can tell you, I would not be at all anywhere near where I am without my mentors. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. And I think that we can, we can all see that. It's just very important. This is not a solo thing. This is a team thing. You know, humans, we're social animals right? We, we need to work together with each other. Yeah. And, and help your leader become successful as well. And, you know, I'm a leader of leaders. So I have managers that work for me that run teams, right? 
And I hope that they feel comfortable coming to me in a one-on-one situation and tell me, Hey, Ron, I think you're leading us down the wrong path. Mm -hmm. I think we need to go a different direction and to talk it out with them. Right. I hope that they feel that level of comfort, but there's a time and a place for stuff like that. Right. So if you are struggling with where your leader is taking you, if you feel like it's not down the right path, pull them aside in a one-on-one scenario in a non-confrontational way and be prepared to have an educated conversation around what path you should go down, right? It's one thing to say, oh, this path sucks. You're not going the right direction. It's another thing to say, hey, I see this direction that we're going. I'm a little concerned because of these things. I would recommend we go down this other path of doing these things. And you should be comfortable to have that conversation with your leader, but in public and amongst the team, support them wholeheartedly and move forward as best you can Yeah, and have those conversations one-on-one. And, and if your leader disagrees, yeah. well, follow what they ask you to do. We have this Get behind re- whatever it is. We have this really cool philosophy at Conga that's called disagree and commit. Mm-hmm. And it's where we talk about a direction that we're going amongst leaders And it's rare that you run into a situation where everyone agrees, Yeah. right? So what we do is we disagree with each other and we talk about other pathways we should go, right? But someone is going to recommend something that's going to be the path you're going to go. And other people are still going to disagree that that's not the ideal path. So we call it disagreeing and commit. So our disagreement has been heard, but now we are committed to go in this direction. It's awesome. And that's what you do. Take the time to re-review this podcast. Take the time to actually follow what we're talking about because we are people who promote people. We are people who develop people. And you need to know how those mechanics work other than just showing up, hitting numbers, and waiting. That's not a plan, okay? It's not a plan. So appreciate you listening to The Sales Prescription. And we'll continue to have more of these podcasts, do whatever we can to help you to develop and progress in your career. And thank you for taking the time. Thanks, everybody.